Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Good afternoon on a beautiful Thursday, and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I am joined, as always, by producer Jihei Wiley. Jihei, I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, ask you how you're doing, but we are here in Las Vegas. For March Madness, so I kind of already know the answer to this question. It's the most wonderful time <laughs> of the year, and I am not much of a singer. I love it here, man. It's amazing. We are at Circa right now right. Um, at their viewing party and watching all of the games, and it's just, I'm, I'm a kid at Christmas right now, Arash. I'm a kid at Christmas. Yeah, this is amazing. I mean, normally we're in the studio, so if it's a little loud, you'll have to excuse us. We are here at Circa, uh, their third floor viewing party. Um Quasi warehouse. I mean, there's so many fun places to watch a game here. Um, I was here a year ago, and we were both here a year ago uh, for the world's largest sports book, the world's largest like outdoor pool party. They got stadium swim, uh, but this is kind of new. They they have this um, third floor viewing party. Um, and Jihei, you you just had a uh, coney dog for the first time. It's it's effectively a chili cheese dog with mustard. Did you enjoy it? You know what? I could have had another one. I'm not going to lie. We, we, we might have to get another one. Um, but yeah, this is such an exciting time, G.A. Uh, we were lucky enough to be here a year ago. Uh, we love Vegas so much. You know, we, we make that drive. We make that flight. Although with the price of gas, I've been talking to some of the cab drivers and Uber and Lyft drivers. I mean, it's they were complaining about $5 a gallon. Of course, it is $7 a gallon where we're at in Los Angeles. Um, so they were just saying like what a struggle it has been yeah i mean we were definitely not going to uh, drive this time so we flew in yesterday uh go through some of your traditions because i thought <laughs> it was so we were supposed to meet up last night at circa but jihei maybe if because of superstition or whatever you have certain traditions that you need to do when you come to las vegas i do um so i actually unfortunately had a little difficult time of checking into my hotel room so that's one of the reasons why it took me so long to even get my traditions out of the way Normally, I would walk in to, um, after uh, my flight. I would automatically go to the Cosmo and pick up my pizza, my secret pizza, which is obviously not a secret anymore. I mean, they've been around for over, you know, 20 years, I think. Um, and it's it was it was worth the wait. That line was long, but it was worth the wait. And they sell ranch now, so which is amazing. Um, so I had a, Wait, that was their thing for years. Like they had a sign up on the wall. Like we do not serve ranch. I mean, it was as close to a New York slice as you were going to get. And obviously in New York or maybe even in Chicago, I mean, it is sacrilege to put ranch on the pizza. They must've had a lot of that like outside. Like, of course they had people from across the country. So you are a dipping ranch pizza. Person. Oh, all day. So I, I actually dip it in ranch, but I put red chili flakes on the top wow, of it's my like a whole ranch. production with you. Yeah, I put red chili flakes on top of my ranch, and then I dip it that way. Um, but you know what? To be honest with you, they're right. You don't need the ranch for that pizza. It's, oh, amazing. it's amazing. It's so good. It is worth the wait. I know there are a lot of people. What do you normally get there? Uh, you know what? The best kind of cheese that, or the best kind of pizza that you can ever get if it's really great pizza is always cheese. Yeah. If you can, if you you can get a standard cheese pizza and it's the best you've ever had. Uh, that's that's 
what you should be getting. Exactly. Um, after that, like putting toppings on stuff is just whatever. Yeah. Like, to be honest with you, it's kind of just fluff. So I got one slice of cheese and one slice of pepperoni, or one slice of cheese and one slice of mushroom, only because I needed to eat. I hadn't eaten all day, so yeah. went and did that tradition. Had a glass of wine. Um, What'd you have? You know what? I didn't have anything fancy schmancy because I just had it. By the way, the bar at Circa, they got Justin. They got Justin, which is like very rare. So they have the um, house cab and they have the Justin. And so, you know, kudos to the folks at uh, Circa. What's the house cab? I didn't even want to see. Like, what (laughs) they said they had Justin. I mean, obviously, like, I knew that it it wasn't going to be anything uh, great. But you know what? So we are sitting here, the third uh, floor viewing party at Circa right now. By the way, the beautiful thing about this, GA, um, is that this is free. We love this because there are so many. Listen, if you want a table at the sports book, you got to pay for that. If you want a, a table or a, certainly a cabana at Stadium Swim, you have to pay for that. You could just walk up to Circa right now, go up to the third floor, and you could have a table. You know, and so I mean, the great thing about it, these are people from around the country. There are Michigan fans here. I'm looking at someone with a Glenn Rice jersey right now. Looking around, they got some. There's a lot of Tar Heels, Los Angeles. Yeah, a lot of Tar Heels. Well, exactly. <laughs> um, but you know the great thing, you know, talking to some of the people before uh, the games began this morning was that they had always made this an annual tradition. No matter what they were doing in life, they always came here for the first round of the tournament. People call this GA, and again, I'm not a big college basketball fan during the course of the season. You know, I went to USC. We're a football school. People call this the greatest day in the sports calendar, mainly because the amount of sports. And even if, you know, if you're from Los Angeles or you're listening to us in Las Vegas, you wake up and from 9 a.m. till the nighttime, there is college basketball. And there's like that beautiful time right now uh, where there's four games going on at the same time. But they, they circled this date on the calendar. Again, you know, you know when the first and second rounds of the tournament are. They begin Thursday morning, so a lot of them get here Wednesday night. They will have one guy or one girl uh, get to the table. Uh, we have a couple of tables still. We're like, there's one guy waiting for the entire crew who I'm sure had a rager last night. And and this is their tradition, and a lot of these people have known each other since college or even high school. And no matter what they're doing in life, you know, when they first met, they were 21-year-old kids in college. Now they got like a wife and kids and a mortgage and all that stuff. But this is their tradition. And again, a lot of them, because it was the pandemic a year ago, didn't come here last year. And again, March Madness sadly got canceled two years ago. So, gee, I mean, you love college basketball to begin with, but the camaraderie that this weekend, this first and second round, Thursday to Sunday, I've never seen anything like this in sports. Yeah, no, this is great because, you know, as, as you can see, if you look on either of our socials, there are guys that have probably known each other for 20, 30, 40, maybe 50 years that have been, you know, coming to Vegas so they can bet and they can watch all the games at, at one time, right? Yeah. Um, you said this is, if you could pick preference on whether you go to San Diego to watch oh, yeah. and come here, you come here. No doubt about it. And again, like U of A is in San Diego, you know, one of the top teams in the country, a number one seed is in San Diego. But that being said, I would much rather be here in the camaraderie that you get from being in Las Vegas. And again, this this was a a destination for fans for years. And when sports wagering became legal, so many people wondered, well, you know, if you're a, if you're a gambler or if you like to place bets on sports and you live in New Jersey or New York or whatnot, 
will you not come to Vegas? No. A lot of these guys come to Vegas because of what it means to them. Like, this is their trip. You know, like, this is their one weekend to be with the guys. And I include the girls because, again, you have girlfriends who are here. So, you know, whether it's a guy's weekend or a girl's weekend, and as we both know, G.A., there's so much more to Vegas than just sports wagering. We both like the books, and we both will place a wager. But it's about going out to eat. It's about going to a show. It's about going to the pool. You know, uh, what this weekend means is so much more than the games because so many of the people who are here at this viewing party have not watched college basketball all year. Or maybe they watched, like, a few games. But now watching these games, and they all have their bets, and we got our sheets, and we got our bets, and you got your uh, your parlays going. I mean, th this is... Um, this is fun. And again, I mean, it really feels like and it began this month where we're never going to be fully out of, I mean, we're, we're past the pandemic, but it, you know, there, there will be things like masks when you fly and stuff like that. But this really feels like the coming out party for Vegas and sports. Yeah. It's it's great. This is amazing. This is wonderful. This is what March is. You know, and March is madness. I mean we, even just watching last night's games. Um, you can you can get a sense of where everybody's at as far as wanting like maybe missing out on, on this kind of event that got the answer, you know, a couple of years ago. Yeah. So this is again, this is what March is all about. So I'm super excited. If you don't watch college uh, basketball and you only save it to this. I don't blame you because this is hands down the best time of the year to watch college basketball. It is March Madness. It is the road to the Final Four. It's the best, it's the best time to be watching. You know, someone brought up recently that the Final Four is the only sporting event where they celebrate being in the semifinal. Like, your goal is to get to the Final Four. Obviously, you want to get to the championship game and you want to win the whole thing. But just getting to the Final Four, like, you get a trophy for winning the West Regional or, like, East Regional. So it's such a, a fun event. Again, like the games are happening right now, as you can hear. Um, this is like the beauty of sports coming back. And we talked about it during the pandemic um, where you not having that ability to go out and watch games with your friends, go into a sports bar, go into a watch party, high-fiving, hugging random strangers because your team won. Like I was in a sports book last night, double overtime game, Notre Dame Rutgers. And what I mean, there was so many people who didn't who didn't go to Notre Dame or didn't go to Rutgers, but they placed wagers on the game, and it was sort of like that Wednesday night before the Thursday morning when you wake up, and it does feel like Christmas, right, G? I mean, t tell me how you felt when you woke up. This is really for me. It's a fun event, but I'm not a big college basketball fan. You literally, you know, track recruiting and like opening night of college basketball. Like, you've been waiting for this since last year. <laughs> I mean, that's an understatement. I think the last year, I um, definitely was looking forward to this, uh, this particular March Madness. Obviously, I would love for him to win. But I am realistic, and I don't think they're going to make it past. Um, how do you guys feel about this? Um, last night was no exception. Yeah. Today is going to be no exception. I'm just I'm so excited for um, all the way to everybody. 
Um, yeah, this, this is again, this is good. I actually have not a morning person. Okay. I hate the morning. Anything that has AM in it, I hate. So it could be 11 59 AM. I would not <laughs> want to wake up. So the fact that we have a new show is perfect for me because, like, oh, yeah. you know, um, but I woke up. At seven this morning. Oh wow! Which, again, people, my my friends know me. My friends and my family know me. I hate I hate morning. I'm just not a good morning person. Um, I need like ten cups of coffee or to function. And but I woke up with anticipation and with you know just a light feeling in my heart. I was just so excited for this day. Um, and anything that can make get me up at seven a.m. You know, it's gotta be great, right? So, yeah, woke up at seven this morning, went and placed my bets, went and placed my parlay um, at seven fifty, and then came down uh, to watch at least the first game here at Circa. So, yeah, you guys, we are uh, doing the show uh, today live from the Circa third floor uh, viewing party here. Uh, it is absolutely free. Again, I know there's a lot of places around town that are charging for tables and booths and seats and whatnot. This is absolutely free. Third floor of uh, uh, Circa in Las Vegas, in downtown Las Vegas. Okay, so GK, we're here today. We're here tomorrow. Um, but your Duke Blue Devils are playing, I think, at 4 p.m. Friday. 4.10, yeah. Okay, so where are you? I I'm trying to think if I've ever been with you for a Duke game. I'm trying to think of where will you watch this game? What will your emotions be like? Because if the greatest upset in college basketball happens in our Cal State Fullerton. <laughs> if Cal State Fullerton pulls, pulls against the bench, where will you be watching without giving too much out of value? You would have no problem if a fan wanted to come up and take a picture with you. Where are you going to be tomorrow at 410 for Duke? Well, like I said, when I went to the Kings game a few days ago, it's really nice to have rich friends. And one of my um, really good buddies, uh, shout out to Mr. Sean Styles, I will be hanging out with him at the Circle. Oh, okay. Um, that is where I will probably be. Tomorrow, uh, afternoon, slash morning, slash evening. Okay. Uh, to watch the uh, game. If not, follow me on social, and I will tell yes. you where I'm at. I, I have no problem with anybody coming up to me. I will be in full blown Duke here, though. So no, that makes sense. Be warned about that. I will. You, you will not be able to miss me. I will be in full blown Duke here, head to toe, world Duke. My nails are even closed, so you can't miss um, what I will be wearing. I will be in all Duke. Are you nervous or have you come to terms with this is not a championship team? And by the way, when did you come to terms with that? Because I thought that obviously they should have beaten UNC. I thought they were going to win the conference tournament. When did you realize that this was not a championship contending team? I knew this wasn't a championship contending team when we were getting, um, when we were getting, a, and I, I don't want to say blown out because we didn't get blown out by them, but when we were losing to North Carolina and OJ's last game, that's a game that you should, you should have circled that on the calendar oh, yeah. when you first arrived at Duke and you knew that you were coming in, especially knowing that that was going to be his last season. Um, I knew this was not a championship contending team because of that, and the fact that all those guys did not step up their game and try uh, their hardest to do everything and anything they could possibly do in order to win that game. Not just for him, but for themselves as well. That's a game that every Dukey has circled on the calendar. Yeah. And it's the only two games that matter. Yeah, and that's great. You guys won in Chapel Hill. Very excited for you. That was an amazing game. 
to blow them out in their own house by over 20 points. That was wonderful. So glad. But you know what? You know what's better than winning North Carolina by 20 points? Beating them twice. Yeah. And especially beating them at home, especially beating them senior night, and especially beating them before Coach K's last game. So that's when I just realized, I was like, you know what? If they make it to the Sweet 16, I'm ecstatic. I know that a lot of folks also have them at a 15% chance to make it to the Final Four. So let's just be realistic and, you know, just, just play just play some good basketball. I'll be psyched if they make it to the Sweet 16. Um, a lot of a lot of people are also saying the fact that I find this ridiculous because every single year this is a huge problem. They always have three freshmen minimum starting. This is not new. This is not something that should be like brand new. Yeah. They always have just they always have a minimum of three freshmen starters that have never ever played our podcast. Yet another reason for me to just be like, you know what? If we win, great. If we don't, no big deal. <laughs> Well, in a weird way, like they, then you can kind of like enjoy uh, the uh, tournament where there's no pressure. I mean, obviously you'd, you'd want them to win, but you you came to the conclusion, hey, I, I, and as hard as it is to come to this conclusion, shoot, I mean, if they're not going to show up for his last game at Cameron, if they're not going to show up for a championship game at, for the conference championship, it's like, you know. No expectations at this point. Yeah, no. So we're talking about my team. Let's talk about your team. You actually <laughs> went to, uh, you are a Trojan. You went to uh, SC. So where do you think that they're going to possibly So here's win? the thing. I think they beat Miami. A lot of people are, are having them losing in the first round, or at least it's like a 50-50. It's a 10-7 uh, game, you know, a 7-seed versus a 10-seed. So it wouldn't be shocked if Miami won. I got USC winning that game. The Auburn matchup is obviously going to be tough for them, but Auburn didn't look that great on the conference tournament. So think, listen, like he, the way USC was built is for the tournament. And so I think that they can get to the Sweet 16. I, I don't think they're going to make a deep run. By the way, I told Andy this because Andy is, you know, he wants to build a basketball program that the, the, the Los Angeles, right? I said, but Andy, you're at USC. If we're in the top 25, you're fine. If you, if you get us to the Sweet 16 back-to-back -back years, we'll build a statue for you. Back-to-back -back Elite Eight. I mean, come on. So um, I think they have what it takes to get to the Sweet 16. But they are a, a, a team that when you look at what he did at Florida Gulf Coast, what he's done at USC, I mean, he really grooms this team and builds them for the tournament. This one-and-done kind of, uh, you know, like, you know, what do they have to do to win? So it's... it's uh, I got them. I got them going to the Sweet 16 and losing. I got UCLA going to the Sweet 16 and losing. U of A's. The yeah. What are they going to go up against? St. Mary's. I'm trying. Well, I don't. Well, listen. I'm not going to give UCLA the benefit of the doubt. Very rarely. By the way, what what U of A is doing, and uh, when you look at like the the foundation Coach K has built there, are you confident that this will continue? Because some. When you look at John Wooden at UCLA, and that was a different time and place, they were never um, able to, listen, they've been a very good team, but not that sustained success. U of A, they're, they're my pick to win the whole thing this year. I wanted to pick Gonzaga, but a very uh, good basketball mind, G.A. Wiley, said, Gonzaga will never win as long as I'm alive. So I picked U of A. Uh, do you think that the foundation is in place for Duke to succeed? Post Coach K. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you know what, Coach K? He picks from that bench. 
and that bench has been loyal and, and has been in their system uh, since they were 17, 18 years old. Yeah. John Shire has been in Duke system since he was 17 years old. So, don't go to a lot of people are, um, don't realize that he has former players on that bench. Yeah. Majority of that bench, not all of that bench, for his coaching staff were all former players. So um, this past season for recruiting is has been all John Shire and has been none of Coach Bay. So Coach Bay hasn't been in the room. He hasn't been anywhere near anything. It's been all. What will his role be? Will he be around the program? I mean, yes. so he, you know. So Coach K is still going to be on campus, he's still going to be an ambassador, he's still going to be getting paid from, uh, which is very smart, him and his wife are still getting paid from the university. They just will have a very minimal role. It'll be like, okay, we're going to be speaking here and talking here and, um, you know, doing motivational speeches and stuff like that. So um, he'll still be on campus, he'll still be around, you know, but he'll be enjoying his life a little bit more uh, and doing a little less harm to the past. Yeah, I mean, just such an amazing career. Generally, don't root for Duke. Rooted for him for that last game at Cameron. Loved the way he gave that speech, though. <laughs> nope, that is unacceptable. Um, all right, let's leave it there for now. We are here at the third floor of the Circa Sportsbook. Sorry, the third floor of Circa in Las Vegas. March Madness viewing party. When we come back, we will be joined by our good friend, Nick Hamilton. When we come back right here, live from Circa, the mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and the fan in Las Vegas. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. Now joining us on the Circa Sports Guest Hotline as we are here live at Circa for March Madness, our man Nick Hamilton. Nick, how are you doing? Good afternoon, America. What's going on, guys? <laughs> Not much, Nick. It is March Madness here in Las Vegas, but we do have to get into the madness. That is the Lakers. It seems ridiculous to even talk about them at this point, but they are a train wreck. They are fun uh, to watch from that level. Like the enjoyment you may get from a car chase on local television in L.A. or a car wreck or something like that. Uh Nick, they're not even trying during the first quarter of a lot of these games. They gave up 48 points to the Phoenix Suns in the first quarter. They were down by over 20 points these last two games in the first quarter. Uh, teams are cl clouding them now. I mean, Patrick Beverly just basically saying that they stink. They're hot garbage. They, he stole your phrase. Your thoughts on what's happening to the Lakers right now? They yeah. are a disaster. There are a tornado coming down Interstate 10 in the down south. That's exactly what they are. Uh, the Lakers, have, they've pretty much given up. I mean, they're only a game ahead of the New Orleans Pelicans yeah. for that 10th spot. And I think the Lakers are going to end up falling into the 10th spot before it's all said and done and possibly have to travel to New Orleans. And if they are able to get Brandon Ingram back in the fold for New Orleans, I think the Lakers are going to be one and done, much like, I hate to say it, there's another L.A. team that may be one and done because Minnesota Timberwolves are red hot. Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, has been absolutely on fire. He's been playing out of his mind the last several games. And to watch the Lakers just go down in flames the way they have, I mean, you see the frustration from LeBron James the other night at Crypto 
and then them going on the road. I mean, LeBron is doing everything he possibly can uh, to get this team, at least to try to get this team staying in contention for the playoff, the playing tournament. But I mean, he can't do it alone. He's absolutely doing it by himself. And I don't give a damn if AD comes back. You can't shut you can't stuff AD into the lineup uh, and just expect him to, to perform miracles and walk on water. Uh, that's not going to happen. And I do think that this will be the last time uh, this season that Frank Vogel's key card will be working because I think it's I think it's pretty much a wrap for him. I think it's a wrap for Russell Westbrook yeah. um, and what he's and his inabilities. Uh, Pat Beverly said it best. He's stinking up the joint. He's absolutely correct. Nick, there's 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 no pride. I mean, there there, there was a couple of stretches there where Russell Westbrook wasn't even trying. And I know he's not known as a great defender. I mean, that's not why he came to Los Angeles. But uh, just not even trying. And, and I think that's the frustration and why I think, A, this is the most disappointing season in Lakers history. But this is the most hated team amongst Lakers fans. Because even those teams back in the day, when I say back in the day, the Alonzo Ball, you know, Kuzma, whatever, they tried and they were young and they did what they could. These guys, Nick, it, it, they're not even trying right now. Yeah, they quit. Yeah, I mean, that's, outside of a person named LeBron James, they quit. Yeah. I mean, you see, you see sprinkles of Carmelo Anthony coming off the bench every now and again, but other than that, these guys quit. I mean, you got Russell Westbrook smiling and laughing in the post game that they got blown out by twenty points. Yeah, I mean, what Laker team? If if Kobe, and God bless his soul, if Kobe Bryant were alive, he wouldn't be smiling, even though he'd be sitting on the sidelines watching his team. He'd be in the locker room cussing them out and probably throwing some chairs at people. Yeah. And going to the front office and saying, hey, Rob, what the hell are you doing? Um, I think, you know, it's just a situation where I think guys have quit. They've given up. They just want to go home. They're just playing because they want to show up for their paychecks. And they're playing because they have games left to play. So they have to show up. Uh, but other than that, I don't see any pride. I don't see any. I don't see any enthusiasm. You know, the Clippers, on the other hand, who are without three of their best players, are still in the, they're still fighting they're still in the game I mean, they got a, they got a bad call uh Wednesday night that cost wow. them the game but outside of that they these guys are coming in fighting every night I mean regardless of who they're going up against they're fighting every night and that's something that the, the Laker fans have been asking the Lakers like look man just fight like even if you lose by five six seven points at least you're fighting at least you're trying we know you don't have Anthony Davis we know you know you've been without LeBron, you know, every other game at times uh, because, you know, you, you know, because of just the knee, the knee situation yeah. and, and LeBron can't carry the load. That knee is really giving, you can start to see that knee is taking his, his, his wear and tear on him in his game, uh, especially uh, Wednesday night against the Minnesota T-Wolves. So, you know, but they don't fight. I mean, outside of LeBron James, like I said, a sprinkle of Carmelo Anthony, these guys aren't fighting. They just going through the motion. You know, you brought up a great point because, um, A, I think if Portland wasn't tanking, Portland would catch the Lakers and the Lakers wouldn't even be in the playing tournament. They are, if you want to even call it fortunate, that like Portland is really trying not to be in this playing tournament. So the Lakers will probably be the intensity. When you look at what the Lakers did the last time that they played the Pelicans, they got blown out. They were down by 30 points in the fourth quarter. Let's just say they, they win that game, which they won't. They got to go up against the Clippers because, again, I think the Timberwolves beat the Clippers in that 7-8 matchup, which would mean the winner of the 9-10 matchup plays 
the loser, so it would be the Clippers. The Clippers have won the last seven matchups with the Clipper, with, with the Lakers, and the last time that they played, it was a blowout. Nick, there's no scenario in my mind where the Lakers are playing in the first round. Not at all. I mean, yeah. if you look at their stack. I mean, even if they have to go to New Orleans, like you said, and play the New Orleans Pelicans, and they catch the New Orleans Pelicans slipping, okay, you get a win. Now you got to go play, you know, 7-8, right? One of the guys was 7-8. You still, you still have a, a tough matchup because Minnesota. We saw what Minnesota did yeah. the other night. You think that that's not going to be a repeat? Yeah. Of course it is. Do they have an opportunity to get to the playoffs? Of course yeah. they are. The Clippers, who are a scrappy bunch, you think they don't want to get into the first round? They're yeah. trying to have opportunity to to, to play, uh, you know, against one of those those top seeds and see how far they can go without, you know, their 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 superstars. Of course they do. They have pride. You know, Ty Lue has instilled a culture there. That they these guys will go balls to the wall for. They will they will they will play on fire if they have to. The gasoline socks on. They will make sure that they get the, they're trying to do their best to get the job done because that's how much pride they have for themselves, for Ty Lue, for the coaching staff, and the organization itself. I don't see that with the Los Angeles Lakers anymore. I don't see, you know, the 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 the, the 2020 Lakers where they actually play for one another. Regardless of a, a, a worldwide, I mean, global pandemic that endangered people's lives, and they took three months off, and then got the, the game restarted, and still played for one another because they have pride in themselves and they have pride in the organization, and that's why they were successful as world champions. I don't see that now. I think I, I mean, outside of LeBron James, I don't see that anymore. Russell Westbrook was a complete failure. Um, they, and then a report came out that. It wasn't LeBron, quote unquote, but it was it was it was Jeannie and it was Rob that decided to to nix the Demar Derozan opportunity and go after Russell Westbrook and also nix the Buddy Hill situation. So, regardless of who the fingers are being pointed, all parties involved have a responsibility here, and the responsibility is you should have gotten the best talent, regardless of what it costs. You should have got the best talent that was going to be more fruitful on the floor. Instead of going after the playing the name game and going after Russell Westbrook, who's been an absolute again an absolute failure uh, in this offense and with this team, and this guy's laughing and smiling and joking like it's no big deal, no sense of urgency. Nobody's other than LeBron. Who's pissed off? Name me one player that's pissed off outside of LeBron James. Not one player has been pissed off, and that's the problem. There's no sense of urgency. There's no sense of pride. And there's no sense of anger where it's like, hey, man, let's get our get our, our behinds off our shoulders and let's get it in gear. There's nobody doing that. And one man is, is as powerful as LeBron James is. There's still a 15 man roster. One man in the locker room cannot make that much of a difference. I'm sorry. This is a team effort. And if the team stinks and they suck, then it's going to it's going to it's going to play out on the floor as we've been seeing time and time again. Yeah, no, I, I trust. I 100% agree with you, Nick. I think that this this team is just in trouble. Um, you talked about a culture in the Clipper locker room with Ty Lue. I want to know what can the Lakers organization do because they're they're they are so used to a winning culture. We're we're used to the Lakers always being a winning culture. What culture change and shock needs to happen in that Lakers organization other than getting rid of Russell Westbrook? They got a clean house. Yeah. They've got a clean house. They've got to get a coach in there that actually has a backbone that's actually 
that can stand up to LeBron James when he needs to. I never will forget Phil Jackson as great as the late as as the late great Kobe Bryant was. Phil Jackson didn't hesitate to be like, "Hey, Kobe, I'll bench you. I don't care how much we're up by, and if we if it costs us the game, look at yourself." Basically, um, he did it to Shaquille O'Neal as great as Shaquille O'Neal was, you know, in 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 his prime. Um, Greg Popovich has done it to Tim Duncan when Tim Duncan hasn't performed well. He's he's benched Tim Duncan. Hell, he been, he benched the Admiral one time. Um, so you got to have a coach that ha- that has a backbone that's going to be able to say, "Hey, man, I got to do what's best for the team." And if LeBron is not playing well, if he's struggling, hey, LeBron, I got to sit you the entire third quarter, bro. Maybe we'll, we'll pick it back up in the fourth. And if LeBron kicks and screams, you got to have an organization that's going to have that coach's back and say, "No, that's the head coach. That's what we're going to. That's what we're going to roll with." Much like we see Pat Riley supporting Eric Spoelstra um, in, in the times of, with the Miami Heat, you're going to have to find an organ, you got to find a head coach, and they're going to have to get all be on the same page. It needs to be one head, which is Jeannie Buss. You can't have a brain trust. You can't have 900 people, um, you know, calling the shots. You got to have one person to call the shots. You can have a council, yeah, and you can have a general manager, but everybody's got to be on the same page. The reason why LeBron said what he said about Les Snead and, 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 and Sean McVay, because they all function on one page, along with Kevin Demoff and Stan Crosby. They all function on one page. You don't have that, co- that that cohesiveness with the Lakers front office, and you can see it. Uh, you had a perfect transition there because I wanted to touch on the Rams next. Um, listen, I, I think it would have been hard to run it back like they wanted to, but I'm – Listen, I think we're all shocked at the contract Von Miller got. Kudos to him. I mean, what a amazing career that he's had. So he deserves that. They uh, release uh, Johnny Hecker. Uh, just your, your your thoughts on what the Rams are, are doing here. And uh, should I be concerned about Aaron Donald? Because Donald wanted Von Miller to come back. Well, first of all, congratulations to Von Miller for yes. getting his paper. Right? Uh, can't be mad at a man no. getting paper. Um, when we live in different times, you know, maybe 20 years ago, you would have got a guy that would have said, hey, man, I'm going to run it back. I want more championships. I worry about the money later because the money's going to come regardless. You're in, L- you're in L.A. You're in the second largest market. You're going to get endorsement deals. Ask Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. OK, um, so L.A. is a prime market for anything. But look at Aaron Donald now. Um, so, you know, yeah, I think and I and I, I have to I have to think low key. I think five Miller just did did the Rams a little dirty. Okay. I think they did him a little dirty. I think he waited until all the other linebackers, the prime, the premier linebackers, were being scooped up, and yeah. then said, "You know what? I'm going to go to Buffalo now." Yeah. So now the Rams are kind of like, "Okay, well, what do we do now?" You know, Bobby Wagner is still out there, but he's also being recruited by the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson. So you got a dilemma. You know, you're going to have to. And, and the thing that 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 what that I have to question is that secondary. Do you bring in a Stephon Gilmore now? Do you look at a Joe Hayden? Do you look, you know, at somebody of that, maybe even a Honey Badger? I know the reports are the Honey Badger may be going to the Las Vegas Raiders, but can you pull an 11th hour move and get the Honey Badger there? In addition to having Jordan Fuller return and, you know, uh, Nick Scott and those boys that, that can anchor it out because that secondary is not up to par the way it needs to be to contend for a Super Bowl title as it's currently constructed. Um, I think the offense is fine. Um, I think the O-line is going to be fine. Uh, but I think more so you got to look at, hey, can the Rams pull a Bobby Wagner? Can they pull a Stephon Gilmore or a Joe Hayden out of the bunch 
or or a honey badger out the bunch. If they can do that, then they'll definitely be contenders for another Super Bowl run. I think while they're currently constructed right now, I think they have enough to win the NFC West and they can make the playoffs. I don't think they make a deep playoff run unless they do something in the middle of the season like we saw last season when they made those those moves where, where guys were available. Um, they have a lot of cap money. They got a lot of compensatory picks. It's time for, for Les Snead to do his magic and, and make it work. And, you know, again, you get, Les Snead's had a proven track record, so you can't doubt him in any way. Uh, but now is the time to see how the, how the, 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 the gears are going to be grinded out um, in order for them to, to make that Super Bowl run and really run it back. I think Aaron Donald is coming back. I have no doubt in my mind. I've never had a doubt in my mind from day one. Listening to Andrew Whitworth, when Andrew Whitworth came back in the facility a week after they won the Super Bowl, Aaron Donald was clanging and banging and, and getting those weights up and getting his, his conditioning in. That tells me that's a guy that does not want to retire. That's a guy that's saying, hey, I want another one. I love it. I like the taste of this beer here. I want another beer. You know what? That's what we get in Aaron I have to give credit to the Chargers as well because we know that the Rams went all in. They wanted to win a championship. And the Chargers have always had one of the more talented teams in the league. I mean, you're talking about a team that had six Pro Bowl players a year ago. But, Nick, I mean, they knew that they had to shore up their defense. And, my, have they done just that. They get Khalil Mack. They get J.C. Jackson. Sebastian Joseph Day. Talk about the uh, Chargers. I mean, they really shored up that defense. You, you you put Khalil Mack with Joey Bosa. You return one of the best offenses, just talent-wise, in the league. Uh, your thoughts on the Chargers going into next season? Well, they look the defense looks good on paper, but can, yeah. they, can they be that cohesive unit? I mean, one guy gets hurt, it changes the whole dynamic of that defense. I think yeah. Khalil Mack is an absolute stud. He's good on that bookend, much like how we saw Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa at one point in time on those bookends. Now you got a Khalil Mack who's a little younger, a little more agile, uh, has great field vision. But, I mean, you got J.C. Jackson to, to be on the other side of, 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 uh, uh, of um, Derwin James, excuse me. Uh, and so I think, you know, hey, is Derwin James, are they going to extend Derwin James? Is Derwin James going to get a contract? Um you know, but until t- until that time, yeah, the defense looks good for now. But can they keep it up? And then the offensive side, I'm still not convinced. Even though they signed, they re-signed Mike Williams. Uh, they 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 franchise tagged a lot of their wide receivers. But the running game to me is still suspect. It still should be under investigation because they still have no running back. To me, I would like I told you before. I like Austin Eckler, but I think you need another a number two guy. Yeah. And I think you could have went across the, the street to the Rams. And and you know got a running back out of their out of their pile because we all know, um, you know they would they wouldn't be able to sign all of the, all of those those running backs they went they run they won the Super Bowl with. So, I mean I think the Chargers will make the playoffs if they can stay healthy. I still think the best two teams in the AFC are the the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. Even though the AFC West is loaded, um, but I still think those are the two top premier teams in the AFC. We are here at uh, Circa third floor uh, free viewing party here. It is March Madness, Nick. Uh, it was a great year last year for the Pac-12. You had UCLA going to the Final Four. You had USC going to the Elite Eight. It's going to be a tougher road for those two teams this year. Um, U of A is uh, projected to maybe be one of the Final Four teams. Your uh, thoughts on the Pac-12 as they head into March Madness today. Do you think there is another Final Four, a surprising Final Four run for either UCLA or USC. 
Well, I think this year has been a lot more competitive for the Pac-12, which is great for that conference. Uh, when you have a lot of teams and guys beating each other up, we know that the, the back and forth between Arizona and UCLA, and obviously Arizona winning the Pac-12 tournament outright. But I do think if Johnny Juzang can get his his head right and really get back into the, the Johnny Juzang that we've seen last season, uh, as far as really balling out and really being a, a major contributor to that ball club, I think UCLA could be back in the Final Four. I like yeah. Kansas. I like Gonzaga. Um, you know, I don't think Duke goes far. I know, I know GA is going to hate me for that, but I don't think Duke <laughs> no. goes far at all. Um, I, think they, I think they're one and done, possibly maybe two and done, but I, 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 that's the farthest I see them going. Um, but at the same token, I think those three teams, and I think Alabama could possibly be a sleeper, um, depending on how, how, they, you know, how they pan out. Um, but I like UCLA. I like Gonzaga. I like, I like, you know, Kansas could be, uh, up there as well. But I mean, you never know. I mean, it's, that's why the, the tournament games are so fun because you never know, man. One bad possession, one, one luck, one luck of the draw. And hey, man, a three pointer bang, you know, takes a whole, breaks a whole bracket. So you never know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to enjoying it though. Not as much as you guys are in Vegas. <laughs> exactly. Last one minute here with Nick Hamilton. Uh, and we are again, we are here live at the Strictly Sportsbook uh, in Las Vegas. Freddie Freeman coming to Los Angeles. Nick, we've been talking about that for a while. How does that change things for the Dodgers? This looks, I mean, they've been a, a very talented team. This looks like their most talented team. Absolutely. Top to bottom, one to nine. I think this is a talented team. I think it puts them over the hump. They definitely win the NL West. They can stay healthy. Um, I also think I think they need another starter. I think they need to find a way to keep Kenley Jansen as their closer. Um, and if they can find the monies to do so where it doesn't affect them cap wise, I think they can be a definitely a World Series contender team. I think we could talk about the Dodgers heading into the World Series in 2022. Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, I, I, at this point, the odds are so great, GA, that I don't think I'm going to go to the book to, to place anything on the Dodgers. They are always the favorites but the odds moved up nick and uh again happy to see freeman come back to los angeles i know he's from orange county but still come on now you know he's coming back home uh nick you're the best thanks so much for joining us and uh hopefully you join us in las vegas soon man i know ga loves to come here and place a couple of wagers but uh look forward to having you on the show next week Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Be safe out there. Awesome. Thanks. And uh, just a reminder, guys, we will, we will be back here at Circa tomorrow. So joining us there, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow back at Circa. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.